Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Tim. Tim, if you're not careful, you're going to have to get up here and lead the singing. You guys couldn't see Tim back there, but he was really leading you guys in, in, that, in this uh, last song. So we should have had him up here doing that. Actually, I was following Tim, so thank you very much. Did a, did a good job. Well, good morning to you in Maranatha. Our Lord comes. And the sooner the better. Amen. I know that I'm glad to be back. I appreciate so much your prayers. <clears throat> this COVID stuff is no fun. Uh, I, Fortunately, praise be to God, I had a very mild case uh, except for the fatigue. And it just leaves you exhausted uh, where you just don't feel like doing anything uh, other than preaching the Word of God. I mean, that you just want to you want to get up and you want to do that and how I praise God for that uh, that uh, uh, opportunity that we have here today to to preach God's word a lot of folks in our church are sick uh, please continue to to pray uh, for them uh, they'll get over this and be back with us here in the near very near future this morning I want us to start a new study where we cover every one of the books of the Bible. So you can do the math real quick, and you know that it's going to take at least 66 weeks to do this study, right? So we're going to do a study where we're going to locate, we're going to find Christ in the book. We're going to find him in each and every book of the Bible as we go through from Genesis to, to Revelation. I, I, have, I can't believe that it's been 12 years since we did this study last. As I was going back through old notes and pulling up old notes, realized that it's been 12 years since we did this study here at St. Louis Bible Fellowship. Uh, but doing it primarily because I feel God's leading us to do this study, but I remember what a joy, how much fun, uh, this study was for me and how much I learned um, concerning who my Savior is and His power and His might and His love and His awesomeness. And as you go through the Scripture, Genesis through Revelation, and you find Christ of the book, what a blessing it is. You discover how God has revealed Himself to us uh, in, in the Scripture. You know, here at St. Louis Bible Fellowship, we believe in the written word of God. Amen? But we also stand on the living word. That is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We have the written word. We have the living word. That's Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, this is, he is the word. That's why we preach and proclaim him. When we gather together, Every Sunday, it is to proclaim, it is to uh, lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. And our hope, our goal, our aim, our purpose here in the next 66 weeks, might take us actually a little longer, but we're going to try to get through it. It is to help us grow in Christ and our knowledge of who he is and the work that he's doing uh, in, in our, our lives. Turn with me to Hebrews as we get started this morning. Hebrews chapter 12. 
And as I'm saying that, Tim is going, what? He didn't give me Hebrews 12. Hebrews 10, 7. See, he's, he's more on the ball than I am this morning. Hebrews 10, verse 7. Then said I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. In the volume of the book it is written of me. It's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. The whole context here in Hebrews chapter 10 is talking about doing the will of God and it's talking about the sacrifice that God the Father required. And this verse is quoting Psalm 40. Look at Psalm 40, verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Same verse is quoted in Hebrews 10 as is quoted in Psalm. And in both cases, it's talking about the importance of doing the will of the Father. And that's exactly what Christ came to do with the will of the Father. And every book of the Bible, from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all the way through, He is the theme of the Scripture. It's all about Christ Jesus. We're going to be passing this out next week as we go through this study of Christ of the book. And we're going to do it a little differently. We're actually going to do it in chronological order. So when we're going through First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles, we're going to bring in the different prophets and we're going to plug them in where they were prophesying during those times. So we're going to be kind of jumping around a little bit, but I want us to see where the prophets fit in in all of the books of the Bible. We're going to go through Genesis, and then the next book is going to be Job, as we do it chronologically. But in Genesis, he's creator. In Job, he is God Almighty. In Exodus, he is deliverer. In Leviticus, he's instructor. In Numbers, he's leader. Next week, uh, we'll have this list for you to be able to take home and follow along. But we're going to go through this, this list, and we're going to be identifying the Lord Jesus Christ and His work in every one of the books of the Bible. And it's going to be a fun study. It's going to be an interesting study. Look at Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Start with verse 44. Luke 24, verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you. This is Christ talking to the apostles. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. It's Christ Jesus talking to the apostles. So whether we're talking about the books that Moses had written, or the Psalms, or the prophets, 
They're all about the Lord Jesus. As a matter of fact, he is the author. He is the, the Word of God. Sometimes I cringe at people talking about, well, I have a red-letter edition, and I, I think that the words of Christ are, should be in red, and those are special. Hey, all of them should be in red, because he is the Word. This, these, this is his Word. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all, if, if you're going to put the words of Christ in red, it all ought to be red, because he is the one. He is, he is the Word of God. And whether it be the law of Moses or the prophets or the Psalms, he is the central theme of the Scripture. And we're going to see that as we go through each book of the Bible. Turn with me to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Verse 39. John 5 verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. See, this is Christ talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the, the, those that are gathered there during his earthly ministry. And he tells them to search the scripture. And the word search there, that the, the Greek word there for search is a, is a fascinating word. It's an interesting word. Uh, I think maybe this is the only place that this particular Greek word is used. I don't, I'd have to go back and check that out. But what makes this an unusual Greek word is that it gives the picture of a crouching lion as it seeks its prey. When it says, search the scriptures, it means to go after the truth like you were a lion sneaking up on its prey in order to capture it. And so God's Word tells us to search the Scriptures in just such a manner. It's important. It's life-giving. It's imperative. And Christ told these people, you search the Scriptures, talking about the Old Testament Scriptures at this point. For in them you think you have eternal life. You think that they speak of me is what Christ was getting across to them. So he tells us in Hebrews that in the volume of the book it's written of him. In Luke chapter 24, he talks about the fact that he is the theme of the Scripture. And here we're told to search the Scriptures because they're all about the Lord Jesus Christ. So we should be able to find him in every book of the Bible. And i got to tell you, we will. And it is glorious. It is wonderful how God's Word just opens up and identifies him to us. See, God wants us to know him. You realize that we couldn't know God without his revelation of himself to us. Can you imagine if had God decided, hey, I'm not telling them anything. I'm going to leave them on their own. I'm not going to give them anything concerning me. Let them figure it out on their own if they're so smart. I'm sure mankind would have come up with something. Actually, he has, but it falls far short of what God has given to us concerning his revelation to us. But the only way we can know God and his attributes and his character, that we can know him, is to, is to know 
him from his word and how it's revealed to us. And the one who reveals God the Father to us is God the Son. Look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Verse 18. John chapter 1, verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. The word declared there literally means revealed Him. No man has seen God the Father. He is Spirit. If you want to know God, you have to know Jesus Christ. He is God. Remember Philip in John chapter 14 saying, Lord, show us the Father and it'll suffice. What did Christ tell Philip? Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. It is Jesus Christ that reveals God the Father. You want to know who God is, you have to know Christ. And from Genesis to Revelation, we find him in every book of the Bible is our glorious, glorious God who loves us and and desires for us to know know Him. As you study God's Word, whether in, in Genesis with Adam, in the cool of the morning walking with Adam, it is Christ Jesus that He was walking with. When Noah is confronted by God and told to build a boat, it is the Lord Jesus. Moses at the burning bush, it is the Lord Jesus. Abraham, it is the Lord Jesus. Any time in Scripture that man comes face to face with God, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's what we call a theophany. It is this, this theophany. It has everything to do with, with his pre-incarnation, uh, pre-incarnation uh, appearance. When he, before he was born of a virgin, uh, before he was born in, uh, in flesh, before he was God incarnate, we, we are introduced to Christ Jesus throughout the Scripture. And the whole purpose of that is for us to know God and know him in, in such an intimate, wonderful fashion to know His power, to know His grace, to know His mercy, to know His love, to know His character. All throughout the Scripture, we learn about who God is through His Word, where Christ is the living Word. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Usually at the beginning is a good place to start, right? Usually at the beginning... You want to start. And that's what we're going to do as we kick the study off. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What's interesting is God does not try to explain himself to us. I think that's fascinating. God begins presupposing that he exists, that he is. God didn't try to explain himself. See, this is the foundational book of the Bible. If you miss it in Genesis, if, if, if you say, well, this, this 
creation story, well, that's really not true. I, I reject that. If you reject the creation story, you might as well reject everything else. But if you can believe this, then you can believe anything else, right? You Stop and think about it. If you can believe that in the beginning God created and God said, let there be and there was, then what's to prevent him from feeding the 5,000? What's to prevent him from walking on water? What's to prevent him from raising the dead? And so here at the very beginning, we are told exactly who God is. We are given the... the, the uh, uh, we, God is identified. In the beginning, God created. Didn't try to explain it. Didn't try to do any more convincing of us than that. And it's by faith that we believe and accept this. Amen? And not only does God tell us in the beginning, God, the word God there is Elohim. That in itself is a clear indication of the type of God that we serve. As we get into this, one of the things that we're going to point out is God, or El, the Hebrew word for God is El, is what he is. He is God. Jehovah is who he is. And he declares himself to be God. He declares himself to be Jehovah. Uh, El or Elohim and El Shaddai, Eloah, all of those names of God that depict him in his power, in his might. It's, it's important for us to see the power and the might that goes with, here is El, here is Almighty God. But it's later that he's going to identify, when we get to Exodus, that he is Jehovah. He is the great I Am. That's his name. That's who he is. And he reveals himself at the beginning as the great God who has the power, who has the might, who has the ability to say, let there be, and there is. That's power. If you can call light in, out of darkness, if you can create water, if you can create animals, if you can, if you can do what the first six or the first uh, chapter of the book of Genesis declares God does that nothing is going to be impossible. And that's what we believe here at St. Louis Bible Fellowship strongly. It's one of the reasons why I, I, I oppose evolution so strongly. And not just evolution, but theistic evolution or any form of evolution that tries to compromise with Genesis 1. I believe what God's Word says concerning who Christ is. He is all-powerful God who spoke everything into, into existence. And He does that, He declares that by giving us this name, El, or Elohim, the I Am ending on that name depicts his, he's a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
The I am is a plural ending. It goes right along with Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God, Elohim, created man in his own image. Let us create man in our image, indicating that he is a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's not trying to explain himself. What he does in his word is declares himself. And it's by faith we believe and we accept that. And the one that's doing the declaration, the one who's doing the creation, is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. What we need to come to realize, and we will in this study, is that Christ, absolutely, he is the Alpha and Omega. Amen? He is the beginning, and he is the end. As we study this, we're going to see that it's Jesus Christ who is the great I Am. He is the one that told Moses, I will be your provision. I will be the one that supplies you with water. I'll be the one that supplies you with food. I'll be the one that supplies you all the way through the Scripture. Every one of the Jehovah derivatives. I will be your peace. I will be your supply. I will be your Jehovah Jireh. I will be the one that sees your need, and I will provide that need. All the way through the scripture, it is Christ who identifies himself as our almighty, all-powerful, all-loving God. That he is indeed the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's how he describes himself to us. It is through the study of his word that we are realized that here in this dispensation of the grace of God, that he is the glorified head of the body. And we worship him as such. We're the body of Christ. We get to be part of his body. He is the head. And as we get into the scripture, we're going to see where he declares himself as such. That he is, Christ Jesus, is the image of Almighty God bodily. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 15. Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse 15. And I think this verse tells us why it's so important that we know who Christ is throughout the Scriptures. So that we understand why we come and worship Him. Why we come together as members of His body to worship Him. We need to see Him in His rightful place, and we need to see us in our rightful place. And you know what our rightful place is? Is in His body, with Him as the head. Understanding His power and His might, and, and loving Him, and appreciating Him, and serving Him because of who He is, and who we are in Him. The church needs to come to the realization of who Christ is. 
in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That verse is is referring back to that. For by him were all things created that were in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. That includes the angelic creation, everything. It is Christ Jesus who is the creator, and not just the creator. He is the sustainer. Verse 17 of Colossians 1. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You know what that word consist literally means? Held together. It's by him that all things are held together. You ever wondered why the ocean just didn't all of a sudden lap up there by the arch? And the river all of a sudden backs up? You ever wonder why the planets can tend to stay in orbit? You ever wonder why science has a set uh, where they can actually study it? Why electrons and protons and neutrons, why they all act the way they do consistently? It's because he holds it together. He is the, it's by him all things that consist, all things consist. He created all things. It is Jesus Christ. It is the one that we serve. It's the one we sing about. It's the one we worship. It's the one who's going to call us home one day to be with him. From Genesis to Revelation, the volume of the book is written of me. It's all about him. So shouldn't our lives be all about him? Shouldn't our lives be all about him? He is the theme of the Scripture. Our triune God, let us make man in our image. Look at John chapter 1. John chapter 1. It doesn't say it more clearly than this when it comes to identifying Christ. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's Jesus Christ. That's the one that we're part of the body of. That's the one who we're part of Him. It's this one who is the Word that loves us so much that he was willing to go to that extreme measure in order to give himself on Calvary's cross so that not only is he our creator, he is the one that recreates us and makes us part of him. Talk about if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. And only Christ, the one who did it to begin with, that said, let there be, and there was, is the same one who changes us when we come to him and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. See, God wasn't finished. Look at verse 14. And the Word was made flesh. Why do you suppose that happened? Why did the Word, why, why did the word have to be made flesh? And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Oh, what a glorious truth that is. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, he understood that before we could become like him, before we could have that relationship restored, he was going to have to become like us. You talk about love, you talk about mercy, you talk about grace. You talk about purpose. You talk about power. Yes, when I stop and think about Genesis 1-1 in the beginning, God created Elohim, the all-powerful God. And let me tell you, if He is powerful enough to create, and that's what the word the El signifies, all-powerful God. He's... If, 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 and every time you see that, that word, that, that name is used over 2,000 times in the Old Testament. And every time you see it, every time you read it, it, is, it, it demonstrates power and might and ability. And it's God declaring to you how powerful, how almighty He is. And if He can do this, there is absolutely nothing He can't do. For with God, all things are possible you know, the, the first time he actually used that, you know who he was referring to, what he was referring to? The virgin birth. Mary, how is this possible? And what did God say? What did the angels say? With God, all things are possible. And that's what the name Elohim, all through the Scripture, it signifies that, that he is all-powerful God. When we use the name El Shaddai, as God, uh, as, as he refers to himself as, as El Shaddai, it is all-powerful God who has the ability to provide. The Elohim is the all-powerful God who can create. El Shaddai is the all-powerful God who can supply your every need. The word, the word Shaddai literally means breast. That's what the word Shaddai means. And the whole concept behind that is that God is going to supply your every need. He is the God who can create. He's all-powerful, but He can also supply that every need that you have. And from Genesis to Revelation, we are introduced to this all-powerful, wonderful, glorious God. And in the book of Genesis, He is the God who called everything into existence. Throughout the book of Genesis, He is the one 
who calls Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. He is the one who calls Noah, tells him to build a boat because judgment was coming. Actually, did that before he called Abram. But all through the scriptures, we are introduced to this all-powerful God who desires for man to have fellowship with himself. Calls Abraham. It's all-powerful God who scatters the people there at Babel. Over and over and over again, we see this God at work. We see him faithfully calling Abram. We see him faithful to his word to bless Abram, Abraham and his covenant relationship with Isaac and Jacob. We see God's faithfulness all through the scripture as he declares who he is. And as Elohim, as the God created that is so powerful, not only does he have the ability to create, he has the ability to keep his word and to bless and to do exactly what he says he's going to do. Genesis, he is creator. And he demonstrates his power. He demonstrates his might. Creator and restorer. It's the greatest creation ever. The greatest creation ever. Is when he takes a sinner who's lost, can't save themselves. That shows power, right? He recreates. He makes us a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, beha- old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's a powerful God. That's an almighty God. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ who loves us. And I pray this morning that you know him. I pray this morning that, that, that this, this God of the Scripture, the one that we're going to study throughout the Scripture, that's going to make himself so real, that you know this God personally. That you understand that you've been bought with a price, that you no longer belong to yourself, that the debt of sin that you owed has been paid, and by faith you accept that, by faith, you believe that he died for you. You believe by faith he rose, he rose again. That he was buried and then he rose again. I pray this morning that, that you are excited over discovering Christ of the book. In the volume of the book, it's written of me. And identifying the Lord Jesus in every book of the Bible. In Exodus, he is the deliverer. In Leviticus, he is the lawgiver. He makes himself known throughout the Scripture. And the reason he does that is because he wants us to know who he is, to love him and to serve him, and understand that he and he alone is worthy of our praise and of our worship.
Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, and as we do so, Father, we come acknowledging that you are the great God of all heaven, all creation. And Father, you're the God of our lives. And Father, as we start this study, may we understand clearly who you are in every book of the Bible, that in the volume of the book it is written of you. Father, may that be declared so boldly and profoundly as we search the Scriptures together, as we identify you and your work in each and every one of the books of the Bible. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. Father, we're thankful that it is alive, that it is powerful, that it's true. And Father, it identifies who you are. And Father, it shows us our great need for you. And Father, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here that does not know you, Father, that they will not leave here today without by faith trusting in Christ Jesus. Father, may we understand that your return is so, so near. That catching your church away, Father, is we're on the brink of that. Father, we're not sure how much time we have left. But Father, may we faithfully be serving until you call us. Father, I pray that everyone here this morning knows you. Father, if they don't, may the Holy Spirit just convict them of their sin and of their great need for you. And Father, through your word, may the Holy Spirit just describe to them what they must do in order to be saved. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and be dismissed this morning. And if you don't know the Lord and you really want to know Him, well, then we really want to tell you what God's Word says that you need to do to be saved. It is so good to have Tim and Susan Hargrove with us today. Tim, brother, would you close us in prayer, please?